Welcome to Watershed Media Centre's podcast, bringing you news, reviews and views on our forthcoming programme. British director Shane Meadows is without doubt one of the most significant of this country's younger generation of directors. When the era of Loach and Lee has passed, not that I'm rushing it, the baton will be passed on to Meadows. I agree we have to get at least another feature film out of Terence Davis, but putting that to one side, it's clearly Shane Meadows who re-energises that unique British thread of social realism with a unique vision all his own. For some, social realism is a bit too clinical and worthy a term, but in the hands of talent like Loach or Meadows, it is an invigorating genre filled with humour, social insight and compassion. Not that either director should be pigeonholed with this term. Just look at Loach's Wind That Shakes the Barley and Meadows' extraordinary chilling Dead Man's Shoes. The latter may well go on to be an absolute British classic. Only time will tell. Meadows' new film, This Is England, is a deeply personal film, charting as it does a young teenage boy's journey through adolescent peer pressure in the early 80s, which is semi-autobiographical. This was a time which Meadows concisely and brilliantly conveys in the opening montage, when Ska and the Specials were providing the soundtrack for a generation, but also the National Front were peddling their wares. The main character, Sean, is bullied at school and finds refuge with a group of skinheads, whom Meadows beautifully undermines our expectations of by portraying them unstereotypically as a mixture of aggressive, playful and warm-hearted. As mentioned, this was a time when white skinheads and black ska culture mixed, and their gang includes a black guy. However, into this group's midst comes an altogether more sinister character whose appeal to patriotism and the flag of St George masks a racist sentiment. Meadows subtly introduces tensions and maps out the moral positions. Although refracted through the early 1980s, This Is England is a profoundly cautionary tale for a contemporary teenage audience. It speaks their language. At the recent Berlin Film Festival, the film played in a strand aimed at 14-plus age group. Imagine my surprise then when I discover that the British Board of Film Classification have given it an 18 certificate for the UK. Well, that was crazy, if only because it excluded the majority of the cast from watching the film in their own country. I remember that a similar fate befell Ken Loach's Sweet Sixteen, a four-letter peppered account of teenage life in Greenock near Glasgow. But the target audience was those kids who used that language. However, whilst the BBFC certificate nationally, they do it on behalf of the local authority, and as a last resort, one can appeal to them. I and others decided that This Is England deserved the opportunity to be seen by the target audience of 15-plus And so I went to Bristol City Council with the request that they review the certificate and give it a 15. I went in front of the licensing committee and put my case for This Is England, all the time thinking, this just ain't going to happen. They've got a lawyer, for heaven's sake. But, and this I frankly find reassuring, the committee, all of them I humbly suggest were over the age of 60, watched the film. We had a lively discussion about young people and racism and the committee passionately felt that This Is England should be seen by teenagers and promptly agreed to a 15 certificate for the film for Bristol. Well, I just about fell off my seat. Who says local government bureaucracy never delivers? So it is that at the time of going to podcast, Shane Meadows' new film carries an 18 certificate in the UK except in the enlightened area of Bristol, where 15s and over can watch the film.
This is England opens at Watershed on the 27th of April and is accompanied by a season of films looking at English identity, more of which in the May podcast. If you ever wanted a cinematic definition of deadpan, you would look in two places. First, and most naturally, you would go to comic star of the silent era, Buster Keaton, whose emotionless face, whilst chaos collapses all around him, probably is the dictionary definition of deadpan. Secondly, you would reach for the films of Finnish director Aki Kurismaki. Kurismaki is possibly best known in the UK for his Leningrad Cowboys Go America film, a troupe of bequiffed, Cuban-heeled, pointy-toed musicians playing something between a Yorkshire brass band and Chuck Berry. Over the years, Kurismaki has distilled what could have been seen as too quirky for its own good style into precise, melancholic, deadpan studies of ordinary, everyday heroes which have to be savoured like the aftertaste of a Corsican Corva finished vodka, neat from an ice-cold glass. You give yourself over to Kurismaki's pace, and you are rewarded with poignancy, humanity, and some serious deadpan finished humour. Just to give you a marker of that legendary humour, a Swedish guy and a Finnish guy are drinking in a bar. The Swede says to the Finn, do you want another? Are we talking or are we drinking, replies the Finn. Kurismaki's new film, Light in the Dusk, opens at Watershed on the 6th of April, then moves over to the Arnolfini. To mark this new release, we are screening a double bill of his earlier films, The Man Without a Past and The Match Factory Girl, on the 8th of April. We have also put together a programme of short films from Finland. If you don't know already, Tampere, the second city of Finland, every March is host to one of the finest short film festivals in Europe. The programme is a selection of great short films from Finland that were screened in Tampere. We also have a programme of artists' film and video work put together by Bristol artist-in-residence Hanu Karjalin. If you want to see what Hanu has been up to in Bristol, go to depict.org, into projects, and have a route around for Hanu's work. China is clearly becoming a major player in the West, but what of its film culture? We may know something of what became known as the third generation of filmmakers, the likes of Zhang Yimou and Chen Kai-Gei and stars Gong Li. Over April, we have a season covering eight decades of Chinese filmmaking, which has been curated by film critic Mark Cousins. This is an extremely rare opportunity to get an insight into the depths of Chinese film culture, as well as the classics such as Yimou's stunning Zhu Du or Kai-Gei's Yellow Earth, whose cinematography was courtesy of Zhang Yimou. There are films from the 1930s like The Goddess, the epitome of Chinese realist filmmaking. By coincidence, Zhang Yimou's latest film, Curse of the Golden Flower, opens on Friday the 13th of April. It's interesting to see the tightrope walked by the more celebrated Chinese filmmakers between Hollywood and their own cultural style. Also profiled this month is Spanish and Latin American film, courtesy of Manchester Cornhouse's Touring Viva Festival. This is highlights from the recent 13th festival include Spanish director Alex de la Iglesia's typically politically incorrect Crimen Perfecto. I always think of Iglesia as the dark twin of Almodova. He deserves to be more celebrated in the UK. Also screening is The Aura, the new film by Nine Queens director Fabian Bielensky, who tragically died last June, leaving behind a small but potent body of work. Indeed, esteemed film critic Nigel Floyd said that The Aura was the best film in last year's Edinburgh Film Festival. Praise indeed, and catch these films whilst you can. They are on between the 20th and the 29th of April.
If that wasn't Latino enough, there is the glorious reissue of Alejandro Jodorowsky's infamous cult classic, El Topo. This played in many rep cinemas all over the world before disappearing out of sight in the early 80s. If you want to know what cult means in the cinematic dictionary, go see El Topo, which opens at Watershed, Friday 20th of April. That's all folks, as they say in the trade. Till next time, see you at the cinema.